Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast during the time of social distancing. Welcome to another quarantined installment, Stevie. Here we go, Dave. Another one over, you know, from our separate homes, keeping it real safe. From our separate makeshifts enclave recording studios with <laughs> no soundproofing and there's a helicopter outside of my window. Wish I knew why, but honestly, maybe it's better I don't know why. It's but for the best. You could always look it up on the neighborhood app and just be sorely disappointed in humanity. Yeah, I have yet to download next door since I had it last time because it's a little yeah, I don't really want to know about how paranoid my neighbors are about <laughs> maybe some non non white people appearing at the edge of their driveway for four <laughs> seconds. It's not um it's not what you want to read no. if you want to keep the will to live intact. No, it's not. It's it's just not okay. Um, but what is okay? You know what is okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we've been doing this for too, too long. Too long, too too much. Um, our guest today is very okay. Um, we have podcaster, <laughs> producer, and actor, Katie Stoll. And, retur- and returning guest. <laughs> yes, thank God. And returning can- guest, Katie Stoll. Okay, here we go. I can Let's talk now? No, not yet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, um... <laughs> We'll, wait, wait, let's keep this whole part in. Katie, you can't talk yet. You can't we have talk. to play our theme song. We have to play our theme I'm song. Sorry, I'm sorry. And if we fuck this up, no one will listen to the podcast. This is what our podcast depends on, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We have to lock in the, the listeners after the theme song to count it as a listen. So if people if people crap out on us now, yeah. it's all for naught. Okay, I have a good idea. So I'm horrible. Let's cue the <laughs> theme song right now. Okay, great. Did you guys feel good about that theme song going? Yeah, I felt great about it. <laughs> I can talk yes. now. <laughs> Hi, Katie. Hi, I felt so good about that theme song going. Oh, it feels so good when the theme song plays, you know? It's, it's just so comforting and reassuring <laughs> and normal. It's normal. Feeling. It's yeah. our new normal. It's um, it's Ugh, the new normal. Oh, Dave, the helicopter that was circling above your house has now flown above mine. Oh, I love being neighbors with you. <laughs> Katie? I can't hear a helicopter. Oh. Yeah, you- Maybe it'll come over here. I just moved to a different neighborhood. Otherwise, I'm sure it would have been above my house. You're too. a couple neighborhoods away, right? You're thinking you're exactly I two am. away. I'm, a, I'm two and a half neighborhoods okay. away. How do you like it so far? Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. It's beautiful. Uh, I moved to Mount Washington. Uh, Okay. Only a few of the people listening probably know where that is. Tell them them what it's like. Describe it. It's so beautiful. uh yeah it, it mount washington is just a little pocket it's like a near east la you know near silver mm-hmm. lake but it's it's less hip there's more just little families it's very colorful it's very there's lots of i can go on a hike without going on a hiking trail because the street there's so many hills and it's just so beautiful you you'll be walking around and you'll feel like you're in hawaii it's so lush Ooh, nice um and i'm very i'm very grateful for that uh my boyfriend and I moved in 
two weeks before lockdown. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, we'd started moving in a, a, before then, but like out of our places March 1st, you know. And wow. so that's been a real trial by fire. What is like, you know, what has it been like? A, Tell us what it's yeah. been like. I mean, wonderful. I'm very grateful that we we made that decision when we did. Um but it's stressful because you were moving in and you're already adjusting to living with somebody even without a global pandemic. And that's a stressor in and of itself, (laughs) you know, learning about how to ask for your space when you need it. And you, uh, what are the boundaries that you have to keep your, your sense of self separate from the relationship and, then all of a sudden we're not allowed to see anybody but each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, negotiating. So I, I'm a podcaster, so I, I record from home and he is an actor, but he's a voice actor. He's on um, animated shows and, and does a lot of auditions for that. So it's tricky to figure out like when people record and where, because we have limited amount oh, yeah. of space right now. I'm in the garage. Do you share, equi- do you share equipment or like, how's that work? Um, no, but we were just upstairs discussing it because he wants to soundproof, uh, one of our rooms to do recording in and that's fine, but it's already become kind of a catch all room. Mm -hmm. It's like our closet and the office and the pathway to the outside. And there's no door on that room. Mm. (laughs) And like, it's just tricky. It's tricky. How do you soundproof Um, a room without a door? But we, we were thinking about investing in some stuff that we share. I, I have my own stuff. That's not as nice as his stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, and and I guess I could make that upgrade, but I, I it doesn't have to be perfect for podcasting. It's different when you're doing an animated show or, you know, he did pickups. He did ADR for something from our office upstairs. And I can't imagine how that sounds. I bet but. it sounds pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm very heartened by what's going on right now. I mean, you know, most yeah. everything is a, a very, very uh, disheartening but <laughs> the one as <laughs> yeah. the, one, the one part that that constantly makes me feel pretty good is realizing just how much things can can and do go on and pod, yeah. podcasting is a big one uh you can the reason why there's a ton of current animated shows in production including one that employs me is that it's just very easy to do all this stuff when you're not in the same room right um and, and he's feeling very grateful for the fact that you know, it's hard to crack into into voiceover work. So we're all, we're very grateful that he still has that um, as an option. It's uh, but yes, what like to what you were saying, how that is heartening. It is heartening. And we're recording this on Earth Day. And one of the things that first struck me when we we started doing all this is, yes, just how many people can work from home um, and how quickly we see the effects on the planet, you know, climate, you know, smog is improving. The Venice canals are clear for the first time in decades. And, you know, all these these things that seemed impossible. All of a sudden, there is some some significant collective action happening. And we see uh, that there are positive there are positive side effects to this nightmare is, I guess, my point. Yeah, absolutely. If there you, really if you, are. I mean, look at living in Los Angeles, just looking up at the sky on any given day as much as things are feeling maybe hopeless or helpless in parts it is so clear (laughs) it's i'm almost scared for when things go back to normal and the roads are contested and the emissions are off the charts and i mean 
this is the state that invented get like having a smog check and uh yeah and now i just look out and i'm like oh if i take a little hike or walk to a high point you can see further than you could have seen i almost oh in the entire gosh. time i've lived here yes yeah. and and it's weird too because it's like on a really good day i remember like years ago on like a really good day in la if you were hiking you could see the ocean and right. now if you just go up into like a higher neighborhood you can see the ocean it's so yep. crystal clear. I do love that aspect of this where it feels like nature is sort of healing itself. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Um, I miss going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and I would love to be able to buy a carton of milk without standing in line for an hour uh, or ordering it five days in a half. Yeah, or having to overthink. I feel like the overthinking of getting groceries sort of makes me want to crawl into a hole and just die. Like, yeah, it's incredibly stressful. Too much thought goes into it. I'm so um, I'm used to being so carefree about it that the I, the idea of having to like write a list and then go get those things, knowing yeah. that you'll probably have to substitute ninety percent of them, is like ugh. It's like I knew how spoiled we were on some yeah. level, an intellectual level of like, oh man, it sucks for other places that don't have the resources we have. Or even if you go to Europe, their markets are so small and it doesn't necessarily have the the selection that you are used to being having here. Yeah. And it just really, um, you know, pulls things into focus a little bit when you see just how spoiled we are yeah. and how used to, um, how used to this lifestyle in a way that seems very hard to shake off. It, yeah. You know, we, it's a privileged uh, we lifestyle. We still have the things that we need. We, but we just have to put a little bit more thought into it and it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's a hard adjustment. Um, Katie, that, that reminds me. So I'm, I'm, uh, I live with uh, with two other people and it, it's really it before it was sort of a, a situation, I, I will admit, of convenience. You know, the price was right. And the, the space I have mm -hmm. to myself is extremely uh, valuable for the neighborhood I live in, blah, 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 et cetera. And, you know, it's not that we all kept to ourselves. We all did get along. But this is um, making the whole situation fairly more communal in that we discuss grocery runs together mm -hmm. we make lists there's been a lot of like group cooking and group meals and food that lasts for you know we make it one night and then it lasts for three or four nights is is this like current situation affecting how you and uh your boyfriend eat together yeah it's been tricky um so I, I know that you guys talk to a lot of people about food and relationships, <laughs> and I'm sure that you've talked to a lot of people that have, you know, disordered eating histories of, 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 of that kind of a struggle. And I definitely would include myself in that group. Um, and I, it's been so much better as I've gotten older and I've found a lot of tools for myself to keep myself calm and centered and not spiraling and going to bad places that I maybe would have in my 20s. Um, but this kind of feels like a trigger. It's mm -hmm. it's difficult. It's difficult to not have access to... I, it's easy to feel out of control mm. with the news yeah. being a spiral and you don't have the outlets that you're used to, like going to bar method or just going out and having a nice fresh salad or talking to people and like relieving some of that bent up stress just any of the stuff that you have that helps manage your anxieties day to day are yeah. gone and 
So now we're in this situation where you're buying stuff in advance and you've got stuff in like, uh, it's hard to not snack and then you're not sure what you want for a meal. So that's my struggle that I, I, I come into it. Coming into this, I have that. My boyfriend couldn't be more opposite. He's a real rich eater. He loves <laughs> to cook. He loves to cook big, fancy meals. And that's that's his comfort, right? That's that's how he deals with stress. And he wants to give that to me. He wants to provide that. That's something that he can do for me. Mm-hmm. Except that that doesn't help me right now, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I mean, sometimes it might. Sometimes, occasionally. But on a day-to-day basis, that kind of tends to to make me feel a little bit more out of control. And I'm not saying that that's healthy. I'm saying that's what's coming up for me right now. And so there's a little bit of a negotiation. Um, but we've gotten better about communicating like, what is it that makes me feel good that he can cook for me so that we're both getting something from that experience, you know? Um, we've started to cook big batches of like lentils and roasted vegetables that I can have for meals and stuff. Oh, and that's the, a very the, the that's a very like, Katie Stoll uh, meal. Right? Lentils. I remember and one time coming over to your house and you were just cooking lentils, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Okay, lentils and rice. Yep. It's a perfect protein. It is. Um, it's kind of versatile. Um, you know. And then like maybe once or twice a week, have a, experimenting with some sort of a a bigger meal. This morning, he made me gluten free pancakes, and we sat outside on our little patio. Um, and had that and listened to music. That sounds and that was so lovely. nice. But I think, yeah, it's just, but, but it, it certainly, as we started this off and just moving in together and adjusting to all of this and there's all these other stressors and it was, it, it food shouldn't be a thing that's a point of conflict or co- bringing up bad emotions for us right now it should be a source of comfort yeah I don't know Katie I don't know if it should or shouldn't be a point of conflict I think food I think honestly food in general can be a huge point of conflict in any relationship because the truth is like in a typical relationship when people are going to work and coming home you kind of only have to discuss like one meal you have to be like oh let's talk about dinner or whatever it is right right but suddenly you're discussing every meal. What do you want for lunch? What do you want for breakfast? And it's sort of like you're two on top of each other. So it's, there is this issue of like, of course it becomes something because it's kind of annoying to even talk about it at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. The thing, the thing that I was going to say is that it, it, you know, I guess what your, your quote of food shouldn't be a stressor in a relationship. It's, I think that, you know, you guys only had a few weeks of living together without right. without the the pressure of the situation we're currently in and honestly it, it's not that food quote unquote shouldn't be a stressor but i think that a big part of a lot of relationships or a big aspect of most relationships is eating because it's a big part of dates it's a big part of yes. your day like i i just remember my first big uh, la romantic relationship that was two years i just got so used to well, i have a job and on the way home from my job mm-hmm. i'm gonna call my girlfriend and we're gonna say what do you feel like doing should we you know have you eaten yet should we eat together should we make food should we go to this restaurant and i think it's just a really i mean even my current relationship that's kind of a big part of it because we spent a lot of you know our our week nights together yes. before this whole thing went down. So I think that like I think that the adjustment period. I think you're dealing with two adjustment periods. The adjustment period of 
of right. living with someone and it's the adjustment period of living with someone and right. having to deal with all of these restrictions where it's i mean uh, this is this is huge news guys but i went i i did my my big uh you know three hundred dollar for three person grocery run earlier this week and i found for the first time in six weeks a five pound bag of rice <laughs> Oh, wow. Hallelujah. It's a huge get right now. (laughs) So if you know where I live, listeners, please respect (laughs) me in this time and do not break into my home. Looking for grains of rice. Yeah. Um, You're completely right. There is an adjustment anyway from a typical dating situation to cohabitating. You know, in my where most of my meals were by myself and then in the evening, um, you know, it did feel a bit more spontaneous. It did feel more fun yeah. and like a treat. Like, oh, we're going to cook something together. Or he, I'm going to watch him cook. He's a good cook. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's an, an adjustment for him. And and I knew, I knew moving in, and I'd said this, but you never know until it's actually happening. Like, that, you know, there's going to be some things that are different when we live mm-hmm. together. And you don't anticipate that being... <laughs> Which is fine. You you're you're set up for that, but you just don't anticipate two weeks afterwards you being locked down uh, indefinitely no. for years. And <laughs> no, um, who could so who could anticipate? That? We, are, we are spending too much money. Is I guess coming it back around to the big shops and the meal planning. Like I will go maybe once every two weeks. You know, I try to not do it that often, but stock up on the things that bring me comfort, you know, the things that I know are, are staples, my protein bars that I live by and, you know, some gluten-free stuff, some frozen things that I know. Some What's garden, your bar of choice? Stuff that I know. Yeah. What is the bar? I, I love a Think Thin bar. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Think Thin? Think They're called the Think Thin bars. They're a good protein. They're so good. I also, I go in and out of love with the RX bars. Currently, mm. I, I'm into them. Mm. Um. Very, Very textural, those RX bars. Like, <laughs> they are. Sometimes I, I used to love them, and then I got went off of them for like two years. Now I'm back on them. <laughs> okay, you're back on the. Um, you're back on it. I, but you know, and we we figured it out. But it's definitely been, uh, yeah. Just there's been a lot of adjusting. But I, I, this has made it all sound fairly negative. I'm very, very grateful that we moved in together when we did. We've been very loving and supportive. We've been very um, patient with each other. We've done a good job of if one of us is in a bad mood, someone naturally kind of buoys it and tries to, it's like <laughs> we we kind of counterbalance each other a little bit. Um, <laughs> and it's been very helpful, uh, very nurturing. We've been communicating pretty well. And, and it's so hard. I think that a lot of people can probably relate to this if they're quarantined with a partner. Uh, it's it's so hard to not confuse your anxiety and your frustration at large with um, annoyances at a person. Oh my gosh, so what a good to, point! You know, yeah. it's so hard to say I'm I'm feeling uh, bad right now. And you are the thing in front of me, and something you did is annoying right now. <laughs> for whatever reason, it's so hard to step back and say nine times out of 10, that wouldn't be annoying. What am I actually feeling right now? Oh, I'm feeling scared <laughs> about mm-hmm. the future. I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed by yeah. just the toxic news every minute of every day. Um, 
I'm sad for my friends. I'm sad. I'm worried for my parents. That is completely different from this kind person over here that's just doing their best and is also has a full plate of anxiety to deal with. Um, and as we got in, as this started, we had a really frank conversation about that. And I think we've done a really good job. It's not to say that there haven't been moments and days that are harder than others, but even through the bad times, we have that awareness. And I'm really, really proud of that. Um, That's great. And the the other thing, we had this other conversation the other night, um, and it had been like a hard day for whatever reason. And the way he was looking at this period of time, he was saying like, I, I, I see us as a ship and we're this really strong ship and we're sailing through this very, this, this storm. There's all these external things, but we're doing a good job. But it's just like a really, a, like a bad, we're in the middle of a bad storm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because the, the way I'm looking at this period is I'm really surprised at how well we're doing. Like I'm not even paying attention oh, that's... to the storm. I'm seeing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, cause I thought it would be even harder than this. Knowing me and knowing my triggers, knowing that I have food issues, knowing that my anxiety I deal with by going out and being with people, being out in the world, even just walking around a mall makes me feel calm sometimes. And none of those, those things are at my disposal. So I, going into this, I really thought, I would be doing even worse than I'm doing, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's just two different perspectives of, of this and neither one is wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful <laughs> that we made. Also, we moved in together after having not dated for very long. Yeah. How long? How long? It? Yeah. We started dating in September. Um, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. Six months? We did, We moved in six months-ish. Um, but, you know, we, we'd been friends before. We knew each other. It, it wasn't like a six-month relationship. It really feels like a year-and-a-half-long relationship. How long did you guys know each other before you started dating? We've known each other for years, but we became much better friends over the summer. Um, so, you know, it had been uh, this kind of tight group of friends that we'd been hanging out with and we were like gravitating towards each other, but neither of us wanted to mess up the friendship. So, you know, we just became really good friends talking about deep things and, you know, hanging out a lot. And after a while, it just became very clear that we were also very attracted to each other, <laughs> you know, as much as you're like, Oh, this guy's cute, but I'm not going to mess it up because this is too valuable. But then sooner or later, you know, you got to see if you can mess it up a little bit. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, have to have to mess it up a little bit. I think I think I am. Um, I think I saw you over the summer and and we had both uh, kind of recently gotten into relationships. But it's yeah. funny because I hadn't I hadn't seen you in person in quite some time. Um, but I but in but the way that we are on the internet. I'm like, Oh, look what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two people. I, two people I, I know who like each other and like me are in a relationship. That's nice. That makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is, uh, we, we have, I asked this, I think uh, maybe only once before on, on the show, but uh, I asked one of our um, uh, guests who had, had been in a live-in relationship, what the best part of uh, the transition into living with that person was, and uh, that person said, "Splitting rent." <laughs> when, um... <laughs> and, and that, but, <laughs> which, which 
I, which honestly, Katie, I'm about to ask you the same question and no, <laughs> yeah. no pressure. If that is the best part, you can just say that that's fine. I, w- I will not. say I am looking or, or hoping for a different answer. Yeah, we're hoping. Oh, I can't even pick. Just yeah, one. we're hoping for a non-financial answer. <laughs> It's not, we're not saving that much money. Oh, good. Okay, okay. good. We good, moved good, in. Good. When we, we, we knew pretty quickly that we were going to live together eventually. Um, and out of the gate, it was like, well, it definitely needs to be two bedrooms, ideally two baths. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we, we both work and can afford rent. And, Wait, and does stuff. it have so two baths, Katie? Of, it does not have two baths. Uh, it does not. But that's okay because the bath. The bathroom okay. has a bathtub with jets. Okay. Oh, and, it, and it's really big. Like we can both take a bath at the same Excuse time. Excuse me. Which we do almost every day. I, wait, <laughs> wait, roll that back. So maybe hold on. So maybe <laughs> hold on a second. You guys yeah, take baths yeah. together in your jet packed yeah. <laughs> bathtub <laughs> daily. Yeah. Almost every day. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I've got a question, actually, because he was surprised. I've never taken a bath with a partner before. Mm. And I was like, this is unique. This is new. And he's like, really? You should ask people because I feel like a lot more women are taking baths with their partners. Wait, 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 wait. Why does he? <laughs> why does he? Why does he think that? He thinks Where's that? Because he doesn't think it's abnormal. I think he just thinks it's like a very normal thing. Oh, I was just wondering um, where his statistics were coming yeah. from. Like, I've read that oh. a lot of women are taking baths with their partners. <laughs> We've read a he study that like- nine out of ten women are currently <laughs> taking baths with their partners. Okay, Dave, what's your- we call it co-bathing? Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Okay, that's some cute stuff now. Dave, no, no. is this Dave? Is this normal for you? Can you speak to this? Um, I can C A N speak to this, and um, you know, I I live modestly, so I'm not going to. And I'm not, Katie. I'm not saying that you live lavishly. I think that whatever you have found is a. Is this a, was a surprise. Yes, yes. absolute shock. Uh-huh. So, so that and and that that scans. I don't think that you would be like this is number one on my priority <laughs> list. Number so I've I've taken I have bathed I've co-bathed with a partner before, <laughs> but only in the context of house sitting for far more wealthy friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that okay. that feels like. Well, I- that feels like the the main um, uh, signifiers. I mean, if, if you're if you're spending time have elsewhere, you ever, have you ever bathed a partner? Like <laughs> before we before we had this bathtub, <laughs> we, I am, I'll tell you, we've tried. We had like a like at his place, the bathtub was a little small. We we would get in there together, but it would be tight. But like I'd had I'd have like a hard day, and I'd be in the bath, and he he would draw me a bath with candles, and then like he would just. Get, he has a cup in the bathtub just for pouring water over my head. <gasps> like what? washing my back. So <laughs> sweet. It's very, very tender. Oh, um, this is I um I is, I'm telling you, painfully. It's sweet. such a nice thing to do. I so I know this man and um. <laughs> oh no, I'm sharing. Well, too no, much. no. Well, but here's the thing. I qu- I quite like him. I like him a lot. I've known yeah, him for years. I have liked him the entire time. Even so, this is 
shocking in the best possible way. <laughs> it is like the cutest insight. This is maybe the cutest thing I've ever heard on the podcast, to be honest. Like <laughs> the idea that you guys co-bathe together and that he has like his own ritual attached to it with like a, a yeah. cup to make it easier to get the special cup. The yeah. Salts. Wow. Yeah. Yo, yeah. There's a dedicated bathroom cup for this now. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's one thing that I love about living with him. Um, what are some other things? I love, I love, um, I wake up early and I have my time by myself because he sleeps in a little bit later, but he's never grouchy when I come in and wake him up and we have our, our mornings. Our mornings are really beautiful and special to me, uh, much more so than just when we were staying at each other's houses because, you know, then one of us isn't in our space as well like you feel like you can really flourish when our stuff is together and this is both of our home you know what I mean yeah. um and so our mornings feel really special I love he's very thoughtful he he picks flowers across there's there's a, a big field across the street and he'll go and pick flowers and put them around the house that's cute all of that's nice it's I love sharing the responsibility my dog is much calmer I love sharing the responsibility of him they've really settled into a pattern together and my dog seems to be flourishing he's less anxious um it's it's rent i could care less about i love (laughs) that when we moved in he uh offered to put all of the utilities in his name and then like i'll give him money for utilities but i i that was the kind of caretaking that i like because it stresses me out bills on time (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um and i but i take care of the internet stuff and and streaming services and things like that i i like the dividing up of the responsibilities of the household you know um yeah there's there's so many benefits to it i couldn't begin to say one no i mean you have you've said more than one i think that and and, and honestly (laughs) that's sort of um i think that something we don't deal with that much on this show is is just how different because i think you know, sometimes we we book exactly who we want, and sometimes we book someone that you know you bump into and go, "Oh, this person would be great," or somebody suggests someone. I I always had it in my head of, "Oh, it'd be so great if we had sort of a section where we had single people and a section where we had people like dating right. on the scene, people in new relationships, people who had just moved in, married people, older people, people who've been married for decades." And yeah. you know, obviously, with, with with a show like this in a town like this, it's you know you, you interview your friends and the people you really like, and then right. and then friends of friends. But I think that not enough is made of the distinction between the intimacy you can achieve in a in a sort of what you were describing, you know, when I when we stay over each other's houses in the morning and a uh, cohabitating. This is our shared space because, you know, y- y- you mentioned like it's 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 not much, but having the uh, utilities all in his name and he Venmo requests you or whatever and you have like Internet and TV and you know, you have your mornings that are important to you by yourself and then you share your mornings together and, uh, you know, the bathtub stuff is too cute. It's too, <laughs> too cute for words. But then also the stuff with bringing a dog in that was originally yours that then like the yeah. two of them have bonded. It's just a very, I mean. Well, and that was stressful at first because he's never had dogs. He's not categorically not a dog person, although that's changing. You oh, know, interesting. He didn't. He didn't realize. I mean, he what didn't kind of dogs. what kind of it person was, was like, he? If you're not a dog person, he's just a human. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, they just he never likes had dogs, and he's a he likes humans. He, he, I mean, he loves 
He likes snakes. Like they had. They had <laughs> I mean, he doesn't want a pet snake, but he's really he knows all. He'll, he'll look at any bird and he'll be like, "Oh, that's a red-tailed dove." No, that's not a bird. But you know, like he can. He's very in tune with nature and stuff. But they never had dogs. Oh. He's allergic to cats, but he loves cats. Um, and a dog is a very needy thing that's in your life. True. It's like a child, especially my dog. He's very much a permanent. Puppy. Oh, Benny. I love um, him. He's a, he's a he's an adorable little he's thing. Very he's very cute. He's not always easy. Uh, <laughs> but but it was an adjustment, but it, I'm so grateful. And th- and now he he loves Benny. It's, you know, but it was just I I'm very grateful that he had an open mind about it and you know, our relationship was so important that he spent time with Benny and now he loves Benny very much. Um and he even floated the idea. He's like, well, maybe Benny needs another dog. And I was like, really? Oh, oh my God, really? We're open to Ooh, that. I love that. Um, That's how you know um, a relationship is really taking off. You add a second dog. You had a second dog. <laughs> we're not we're not there yet, but. Uh, That's okay. Maybe someday. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of coyotes nice. here. Oh no, no! Protect Benny at all costs from the coyotes, please. All, at all costs. We bought we bought him a coyote vest. Oh, which with the spikes. With the spikes, it's got <laughs> spikes and these little things up top that make him look like a porcupine. Cute. So the coyote sees him. They're like they think twice about going after that small por- porcupine. Oh my! That's gosh. extremely funny. Imagining a giant it's coyote. So funny. Imagining a gigantic coyote seeing your tiny, tiny dog wearing a weird vest, <laughs> a vest with neon spikes sticking out, going, "Guys, I don't know about this. I think this is a ferocious porcupine." I can't tell. Well, it's mostly just a bayou time. Oh sure. So like, you know, yeah. like because uh, they move fast, but. Two days after we moved in, we awoke to this terrible sound outside. Oh, no. And there's like a really small, we have a big backyard, but there's a small space in between the side of the uh, our bedroom and the fence, our neighbor's fence, like maybe three feet wide. And I peered outside that window and there were six coyotes fighting <gasps> in between the house and the With fence. With each other? Snarling. Yeah. Like a pack of coyotes. And I we came up come running outside go on get go on get, get. <laughs> and they're one by one are running up the path in our backyard because our backyard is on a hill into a like a mountain it's impossible to fence it off the back of it oh wow um so this coyote pack lives up the hill somewhere oh, no. and there was bl- there was blood <gasps> on the side of the house <laughs> well it makes sense because you did describe your neighborhood as being very like lush it makes sense yeah. there would be like packs of coyotes. That being said, not ideal for small dogs. Yeah, we we keep Benny safe. Okay, at good. All, at Thank all God. Costs. Keep my boy safe. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, Stevie here. Just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline, leave a message, 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236. And we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. But I, but I mean, that's all of that is to say that it, it's... it's um. I don't know. It does feel like a big step, but I'm sure you did not come into it lightly. I think um, this is the we, we we've talked to we talked to I think one person so far who has 
you know, lived, uh, moved in under quarantine or, or under duress or under the clock yeah. as far as, okay, we have like two days to make this decision. It's great that you were already uh, making that yeah. that decision and taking that step because I think, I mean, you know, I, I think without any doubt having to kind of scramble and go, okay, who's giving up their apartment for this next however many months oh. would have been horrible. Yeah. I And I don't think that we would have, I think that we would have just continued to split time between our, our two places I think, but that's hard too. You know, there's just yes. so much stress about again the shopping and the sharing of stuff. Well, and, and someone someone's um, always displaced. Like someone's always and displaced. I think that part that's the part of like dating that I think is the most hard is that like de- depending on whose house you spend more time at, either someone has a constant guest and their house has to be clean, right. or someone else is constantly de- displaced as a visitor exactly. in someone else's home. And I think both are kind of hard positions to be in. Yeah. Because then you start to feel like when I was mostly staying at his place, because he's a big guy, tall and, and he has a big bed versus I had a full. What does big right? bed mean? And so it wasn't very... He's got a king, you know. Ooh. Yes, same. Um, we we have a king now. Okay, you came up. <laughs> I came I moved up in the world. I mean, I I was in love with my bed, though. It, it was sad to say goodbye to it. I just bought my first big girl bed. Oh wow. Um, but it's in storage. Um, <laughs> but it was hard for him to come to my place. But then at his place, there's not a spot for my things so it's always slightly messy you know and like then if I'm I'm every day going home and getting new underwear and new clothes and back and forth and Benny felt disjointed and so it's just it we knew we knew how much better it would be when we lived together we knew how much easier that tension not that it was tension but like and also it's also different now that we're in quarantine but when when you're not and you're living your life maybe I'm working and I've still got stuff to do till later in the evening. And then you don't end up seeing each other because it's like, Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to pack stuff up and go over there versus, Oh, I'm here and we've had a meal and now I can keep working and you can do your thing, but we're still here to say good night to each other. So it's like, even if we're not planning a big date, there's still these special moments. Um, and so that was always, that was of course very appealing to us. Yeah. As course. part of the, the main reason why we wanted to do this um, to make our, our time together even, even better. Um, And to start building our life because, you know, from where we stand, this is, this is it, you know? Um, That's so cool to think about. (laughs) Honestly, it's, it's, I think um, some of it, to me, some of it comes with uh, age, but also some of it just comes down to feeling and to go, I mean, sure, things are really serious right now, no matter what you yeah. what you're dealing with relationship wise. I mean, I think any any situation you're involved in feels very big and important. But to to be with someone and to think to be able to think ahead and to not just think, oh, this is who I'm this is someone I'm I'm dating and it's kind of cool and it's working out. I mean, I knew people who lived together in their early twenties and I would go over to their apartment and I couldn't yeah. believe it. I was like I just mm-hmm. every time every time friends of mine moved in together, I was like, "Wow, it's like they're my parents, but they're 23." <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but now it just feels so much more natural and so much more like what's yeah. supposed to be happening. And mm-hmm. I think that difference well, is really important. Yeah, because I've mo- I've lived with a couple boyfriends 
over the years. And, you know, I look back and we ended up living together for all the wrong reasons. And I never wanted that to happen again. What are, what are the wrong reasons? For a long time. Uh, well, when my first boyfriend that I lived with, I was in my early 20s. He was much older. And that was out of fear. That was out of loneliness mm. because I didn't have a network here. And he was one of the few people I knew. Yeah. And I was young. I was so young. And then the next boyfriend that I lived with, we were together for a few years and stuff. But he really moved in because, I mean, it, it, convenience, you know, it, it was just bec- he just ended up being at my house all the yeah. time. And then I cleared out a closet. And then it was like, well, you don't really even have very much furniture. So just come on in. Stay. Yeah. Here. It wasn't like a thoughtful thing where we'd carved out our own separate lives and then said, you know what, I'm ready to do this together because I think that you have to be separate people. Yeah. You have to be in a place where you're not going to collapse under the weight of the relationship and lose yourself in it. You're going to be, I've got my stuff. You add value to, you add to my life and you support this and you help me grow. I can see this being the thing that I, I, this, this is going to last and let's start to do this work so that we continue to like you know grow our lives together because I yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah it, it sounds like you're talking about the difference of like just combining lives because it would probably be easier ish in the long run versus like consciously creating a home together it seems very di- it seems yeah. very different and we both loved our homes. That was hard. And that's, I, I think anybody that's considering moving in should know that that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're not going to mourn what you're leaving behind in some capacity, yeah. no matter how excited you are about this new adventure. My place was so special to me. It had been my home for five years and it had helped me grow and become who I am now. And I love the community around it. I love the neighborhood. I had made it a perfect reflection of what, of my aesthetic Mm. and, and, and that's a a journey to let go of that and to create something new with someone else. And, and he had a great spot that he'd lived for a long time, right by in Silver Lake, right by the reservoir. Mm. And that was really valuable to him, that space. And it was his bachelor pad that had a lot of good memories. And, but we were both like, without question, no, I'm ready for this, this next adventure. Um, so it felt so healthy and good and I'm grateful (laughs) again I just have to keep coming back to gratitude that we'd made that decision before the rest of this because I didn't I wouldn't want our decision to move in together to be about anything other than wanting to spend our lives with each other (laughs) you know what I mean as opposed to I'm panicking. Let's bunker yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, 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 there is, um, there are lower stakes versions of that. I'm panicking feeling, and honestly, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm in a very, uh, very healthy, strong relationship right now, and I'm, I'm excited for, uh, what I believe is coming is that you know I think yeah. eventually we will be living together, and that's something that we've both envisioned we haven't discussed it yeah. quite you know as much but it's also this is we're, we're we're a new relationship too but my only other live-in relationship was 
extremely short-lived and i remember having all of these parameters but they were the you know six or geez oh boy set six six seven years ago version of me parameters that got bent and 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 uh, were, were way more malleable than they would be now which is yeah you know i don't want you to move in here i would just want us to get our own space like uh right. uh my ex was the same way i was like i don't want to move in here and then i'd say 10 months into us dating my roommate was like i'm moving out and it was a two-bedroom two-bath with parking wow. and central air and central heat and it was cheap and next thing i knew <laughs> my ex was That's- my ex was was moving all the stuff in and we got all of this great uh expensive hand-me-down furniture from some very wealthy friends of ours and before i knew it i was looking around going oh almost none of this stuff is mine and then when the relationship fell apart i and i i still have mild regrets about this i moved out for uh you know reasons i will probably tell in a different episode but i was like i'm getting out of here and then i left and was like wait a minute i have absolutely no stuff (laughs) i'm yeah i'm back at zero oh it, it completely upends your life if, when that happens mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean and it's such a weird thing when you're moving in like even i was this debate sell my bed or keep it you know mm. oh yeah sell this bed or keep it mm-hmm. i um, sold mine and, and i didn't I, have a bed so you're good it's then you didn't have a bed yeah um but like am i am i am i, am I hold, by holding on to this is this somehow giving me an out mm. you know i'm holding on to it now because i couldn't sell it <laughs> oh nobody oh, wanted to buy it even funnier well it's a beautiful it's a beautiful bed but it's a full you know no one well, wants to buy it part of me thinks that also it's all just perspective like you you are holding on to it and maybe that second bedroom once it stops being a catch-all can be a guest bedroom right like maybe who knows oh. or the next place but yes exactly I, who knows I, I we we have the room to store it that's fine but um but yeah those are big choices just, when you're moving in like do you get rid of whose mixing bowls do you get rid of like you kind of like just sort out the nicer thing like i i don't mm-hmm. that stuff is tricky i've only done it once uh and my and yeah. dave like yours mine was incredibly short lived um mm. how short was yours I think like six months. Yeah. Mine was three and a half. Woo woo! <laughs> oh, it's such a that's a it's such a big change. That's a quickie. Yeah, it's such a big change to then have it be that short, which that means that you almost got used to it, but you never quite did. It's real bad. Yeah, it's hard. We painted it's too. Hard to not feel like a you what? Oh you no! Yeah, we painted. The, we, we painted. We got. We bought paint. I mean, it, it was honestly, it was like looking kind of cute. There were a bunch of plants. Although I do remember. And in hindsight, my ex was correct, but I got these, um, <laughs> this was like, what was it? It was 2013. So there was a bunch of just kind of like gimmicky, like Instagram wasn't brand new, but it was new enough. And so they had this, there was this service where it was like, take your best Instagrams and like make it into art. And I had, I had had these, you know, whatever I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for, you know, whatever a sunset or like a nice beach day. And so I had a couple of like really nice in my opinion, for a Instagram grid, nice pictures. And I had them like put on these canvases and I had them delivered and they were hanging in my place. And then my ex moved in and was like, I want to take these down. These are really ugly. And I was like, okay, you're right. That's hard. 
So that was a big conversation for us because we both have a lot of art. And in many ways, our art is in line. Like the stuff that I think that we care the most about, we're pretty in tune with. But there's a lot of stuff that we're both like, "Mm -mm." so we we gave ourselves permission to. With all respect, veto. (laughs) Veto things for and then like if something if you really want something, then let's have that conversation and then we make sacrifices or, you know, whatever. Um, but then after this started the pandemic, um, and there's a lot, and, and I should say, I'm very busy with work. I've got two podcasts that are doing three shows a week, plus a YouTube show that we figured out how to shoot remotely for my, my YouTube channel. And you're and producing all of these? Producing and, and pro- writing them and, and doing them. So, and it's a lot of news, which keeps me in a, a a, a very stressful mindset a lot Oof, yeah um and I've that's a whole other thing um but out of the gate I think he uh, he had this idea of what this time would be right of well we're gonna be together we're gonna get through it together and maybe we're we'll have fun it'll be a little bit like a vacation and then you start to realize just how long it's gonna be blah 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 but he especially at the, out of the gate didn't have much to do right like before people started saying okay yes do your recordings at home and all this stuff and so we decided to have him do this project which is clean out the garage and use my old couch and his old tv and make it like a separate hangout space which is where I'm recording right Mm. now and we took all of the art so your sunset pictures would have come down here maybe all of the stuff from each other that didn't make the cut for upstairs and he hung them he hung it all over the garage Mm. so it's like this other nice space with artwork that friends had made that didn't quite fit up there or weird presents that our parents have given us you know stuff that we've outgrown uh one big piece that i love but an ex-boyfriend gave me so it's down here (laughs) you know but it felt like a really nice way to say like yeah let's pick the 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 best things for up there and but still make room for all the other little treasures we have that's really i mean it seems like and obviously a lot of the tenets of a successful relationship are compromise communication everything all of the good stuff you read in uh, books by people who are uh, richer than us but maybe are even actually single because they just make their whole lives about writing self-help books however uh i think it's it's (laughs) it's interesting to have to pair good old-fashioned actual relationship skills with sort of time of crisis what the hell are we (laughs) going to do skills and marrying the two until what you have is not just oh we got a good foundation for whatever we're doing but oh now we know how to deal with quote quote unquote anything whether it's like if you i've if there's I mean, say say you had to move out under, you know, whatever, say a coyote chewed through your your, your (laughs) plumbing line and you had to move in the middle of the night. I feel like if you can get through this time as a relatively new couple, having set up everything and having Mm -hmm. made compromises already, it seems like you're in in an extremely good position. I agree. I feel very, again, for how hard this is, and it's not to say that there won't be other hard times in our lives. Mm. But I think that this will be as hard as anything. You know, we're going to, 
we've got all of our parents are alive. There's going to be deaths. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be job losses. There's going to be times of, but I think that we're, I I truly feel like we've seen the worst of each other, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, it's not that bad. I love that. Um, That's good. I also have, it just popped into my head. I'm not sure if this is something that your listeners would want, but we've to hear a couple of the things that we've been doing in quarantine. That's been nice as a couple or single with roommates. Um, So one thing that we're doing that I love, and again, it's earth day. So I'm going to promote this one is we bought um, trash picker upper thingy, the thing that can grab stuff off the ground and the little dustpan and broom thing. Mm -hmm. So when we go on our walks, we uh, try to clean up stuff on the side of the road. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's oh, very so nice. nice. It feels like such a good use of time when you're like a little bit caged up feeling and it's something like tangible that you can do. Yeah. We um started doing some karaoke. We don't have a karaoke machine, but we just put the lyrics up on YouTube on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And we'll have some drinks and we'll do that. Um lots of like when we sit down to have dinner together, candles and music and maybe some dancing. Oh. Um, uh, just really, you know, nice things that you can do to change up the pace. Uh, we haven't done this, but we're going to soon now that it's not so rainy. Uh, is, you know, just to put together a picnic and find a nice spot to set up and, and have a view. Um, even if you or do it at nighttime and you know, sit on the roof of the car or the hood of the car or something like that, you know? Look at the stars now that there's not smog so you can actually see what's up there in the sky. There's finally stars again. Those are beautiful ideas and that make your home life just a little more interesting. Well, just something to look forward to, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like doing a takeout night where you say like, oh, we're going to get a nice takeout meal from someplace and like plate it. We dress up for each other, you know? Yeah. Um, I I, I like a little bit. I like all of this. Um, Me too. Well, oh, okay. And the, Zoom double dates. <laughs> oh, so have you been doing that? Yeah, Zoom double dates are a good one. Do you have Do you have regular uh, couples, or you're cycling through a bunch? Yeah, we've oh, we have to get some more on the books, but we, we've done, <laughs> we've done it a couple times with a couple of different people. That sounds um, wonderful. Well, as far as the, okay, that those are those are those are fairly upscale. Um, and I and I and I do and I do genuinely like them uh as far as and i might i might borrow a few of those if you don't mind um as we as we start to uh to wrap up i have been asking all of our guests uh single coupled cohabitating or otherwise if they have any streaming recommendations for us so if there's anything in addition to you know cleaning up the the street and everything uh and 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 dressing up for each other if you're ever just feeling like you're in your sweats on the couch are you guys oh. burning through anything or, or, or getting involved with any, any new series? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> we do not watch as much TV as I would expect. Not as much as I watch by myself anyway. Um, we are watching um, Homeland. I've already seen it, but I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I got him into it. It's a little stressful, though. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's still good acting. Um, and uh, we rewatched 
we are rewatching Great British Baking Show, mm. uh, specifically Raul's season because it's so sweet. <laughs> season six. I, I mean, honestly, that's a, a killer season. Um, I just started uh, Unorthodox, which is incredible. Oh, on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Okay, really that's a new good. one that we haven't had recommended yet. I love it. I've only seen one episode, but I loved it. So I'm like itching to watch more of that. It's interesting. That's a, a thing. So I work a lot during the day or I, I thankfully I still have um, an office space as well. I we're getting evicted from it. So but I, I think because it's a whole story. I sublease from another company that's now out of business because mm. of all of this. So oh. I have to. I'm trying to figure out how I can stay there. Might not work out. Yeah. But I've been able to go there sometimes to do my recordings on busy days. And so he'll have a lot of time during his, the day for himself. And so he might watch a lot of the stuff that he likes to watch and then is tired of watching TV by the evening. And so we don't watch that much together, but we'll watch like an episode or something. I But I need to find for myself, I think, carving out time where I just sit on the couch by myself and watch whatever I want to watch non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, because we need that. Yeah. You we need, need alone you time. You get to have the stuff that you share, but you also get to have the stuff that's for you. Yeah. Maybe a couple times a week you switch off. You, you say, let's trade in our homeland and our couple baths. You take a solo bath. I'll watch an episode <laughs> by myself. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea. But, um, <laughs> Katie, this all sounds wonderful, and I'm really happy that you were able to walk us kind of through this and our listeners because I think it's it's it is such a, a we, quote unquote weird time to be doing something like this, but it also seems like yeah. if you have the right combination of people, it's it can be you know perfect is the wrong it's word, possible. but it's possible and it's and it's wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where uh, where can people find you in these these multiple podcasts and, and YouTube shows? Oh yeah, I'll I'll plug my stuff. Um, so I have two um podcasts. One is called Worst Year Ever. That is with iHeartRadio. You can find it on any of those apps. That was originally supposed to be all about the election, and now it's about so much more than that. Um, We do one or two episodes a week. We've been doing a lot of interviews with people who are organizing and or, you know, we had an interview with a, a doctor who gave us a lot of inf- interesting information, hmm. a lot of direct action, ways that you can take control in these crazy times for yourself. Um, so we do that and then other deep dives into topics. Um, and then the other show, my other podcast is called Even More News. And that is a news podcast with my co-host Cody Johnston. And we always bring in different interesting guests. Um, and then um, Cody and I have a YouTube show called Some More News. Um, and so just about every every week we have a new video up on our YouTube channel that you can check out. Um, those are and, great. I've been watching yeah. those. Uh, the, the, I watched the Pete Buttigieg one and it was uh, really, <laughs> really was wonderful in helping me put my finger on why I don't like that guy. Um, yeah. It was wonderful. <laughs> but um, uh, listeners, please, yeah, ch- check out all of that stuff, especially, I mean, the news angle for me, as far as staying informed, I can I can be a slacker about it. I can read too much Twitter, but yeah. the stuff Katie and, and Cody have been doing have been extremely helpful to me. Uh, and and uh, I, I want to thank you so much for being our guest today. This was a fantastic yeah. chat. Thank you so much, thank Katie. Thank you, Katie. Happy we guys. love you very much. It's so nice. It's so nice to hear you guys, and I wish I could hug you. Eventually, soon, soon enough. Eventually. Save one. Right. Save a Have hug a great for day, us. you guys. 
Talk to you soon. Oh, I'll save all of them. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye, Bye, Katie. Hey, Dave, um, should we take a deep breath together right now? (laughs) Stevie, that was... I mean, well, first of all, listeners, we are not having this reaction to that lovely episode with a lovely former and and current guest, Katie Stoll. We, We very nearly... Almost completely lost all of Katie's audio for this episode. So you would have just either A, had a 20-minute episode of Dave and I giving you meaningless updates, or B, had just tracks of me and Dave, and you could fill in the blank of what Katie said. Yeah, just long pauses for a guest that you have not heard yet and will never hear in this recording. Dave, that was Um, so stressful. I'm so glad we got it back. Oh my god! And and a live update as as it's happening. We just I just got the file oh. from Katie. Okay, okay. She was able to rescue and recover her track and send it to me. Wow! Oh my goodness, that was a rough stuff. I'm texting that her. was stressful. Got wow! It. I am Thank so you. glad. Um, for anyone. I mean, I think I think everyone can relate to what it would feel like to lose an entire project, essentially. But like, man, that is like with the amount of coordinating podcast take and with the amount of coordinating it takes kind of like telling someone how to use new um, new programs and stuff like that. It is a miracle, first of all, that we've had episodes successfully record. And I am so grateful this has it was saved. Yeah, especially, I mean, not just, I mean, for for every reason, but also it was just a very nice conversation with somebody who is having, seems like they're having a a great time in this time, you know, not without uh, its struggles or difficulties, but um, I feel very, uh, I don't know, I'm very grateful to know someone like Katie and I, and, you know, I I don't know how anonymous her boyfriend wants to be, but I know him too. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that it's working out for them. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, uh, it's incredible. It's incredible. That's working out for them. It's also like, I think, I think this episode will be really helpful for anyone. A like moving in with their partner currently, or having kind of like a quarantine situation where they're moving in to know that like the talks about food, the discussions about that stuff, totally normal. This are this is a totally weird time and I think all relationships look a little bit different than we're used to right now and that's okay, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think it's uh I think maybe it will be helpful because you know, yeah, I'm I'm I still get to see uh my girlfriend in the most careful way we can, but you know, I'm not sure what our lives would look like if we had to hunker down together either at my place or hers it's just not as much as i would love for it to be a perfect situation we just don't have the space to accommodate each other all the time forever right now yeah and it seems like they these two katie and her boyfriend have a very very nice setup that is accommodating to both of them and i'm frankly extremely thrilled for them i think it's um they're both such wonderful people um dave i i do have one personal update for you and it's revelatory okay you know after years and years of doing this podcast uh i have 
almost no success stories in terms of cooking. Like I have baking success stories, which we are already knew that I was good at, but like, yes, cooking, you're an excellent baker. Cooking wise, Dave, zero, zero wins. Uh huh. At 34 years old, I learned <gasps> that the key to cooking is yes. following a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm humiliated to announce I bought all of the ingredients in a recipe for baked gluten-free orange chicken, including like mm -hmm. everything from scratch. I followed the exact recipe and got the exact ingredients. And let me tell you something. Success. <laughs> um, can you tell me why it's I taken me that long to figure it out that if you follow a recipe, it works? Why is that news to me? Um... Well, I, at the risk of sounding diplomatic, I will say that you are a an improviser at heart and sometimes by trade. Um, you're quick <laughs> on your feet. You have a you have a fast wit, and I think possibly you you thought maybe I could improve on a recipe. Maybe maybe food is like jazz. Maybe maybe food yes. is like uh maybe food is like the improv form the herald. And all I need is just a few suggestions of ingredients to get me yes. started. I can just go from there. Yes, Dave. That is what I thought. And let me tell um, you, let me tell you something. Ineffective at best usually resulted in me having yeah. A terrible um, meal and how wonderful to know that if I just follow a recipe I will have a meal worth mm -hmm. eating that's it also why have I none of so our guests glad that you could come to this conclusion me too but my question is why have none of our guests just said hey follow a recipe I think maybe they're assuming you are following a recipe <laughs> but I mean you know we, when we never had, we had <laughs> When we had Rachel on and she was saying that, that you you burned the vegetables to make a stock, maybe she neglected to say that you didn't use enough water because she just assumed you did or that, you know, you measured it wrong. But it seems like you just eyeballed it if you're not using a recipe. That's exactly right. That's all. I, I've been eyeballing cooking my entire career and I will no longer do that. With baking, I follow a recipe and I'll do the same with cooking from now on. Wait, you do it with baking, but not with cooking. Why do you think that is? I just, um, I don't know. It, I, get over, <laughs> I get overwhelmed because there are so many recipes and so many cookbooks and stuff. And it feels a little like burdensome to me. But with my baking mm. stuff, I just print out my grandma's old recipes. So I have like five, you know, like, I don't know. There's something about like. There's too much to sift through. There's some, there's a block. There was a block there for too long. That's all I'll say. I also grew up in a house where nobody cooked. So it wasn't, it's not normal for me to like understand that people follow recipes because frankly, most people when I've seen them cooking in the kitchen are not. Yeah. It sounds like it was a goddamn free for all for you before this. Yeah. I mean, it really was. Well, I think, I think that's an extremely good lesson. It might seem like, um, second nature but it's just not i mean i i almost never baked at all and a couple of months ago i was bragging up and down that i made oh i made a banana bread with almond flour and i put oreos and heath bar chips in it and it was kind of good but honestly it had a lot of butter and sugar in it. and of course it was good i made a straight up banana bread following a recipe to the letter two weeks yeah. ago and let me tell you that one was better <laughs> of course yeah always right like 
Wow. But what a lesson. I'm glad we both have learned this lesson. You probably already knew it, but low-key learned this lesson while being stuck in our homes. I know. Follow that recipe. Stevie, I got to ask you a question as as a as a TV viewer, because I know mm-hmm. in the past you've you've maybe watched more uh, reality style television than me, which is, doesn't seem like it's much, but just more than me. Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen the Netflix series Too Hot to Handle? Have I ever? It's. Oh, you have. Oh, yes. Have you? I watched it. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are I could not look away, even though I wanted to. I ha- I have such a, I-, I guess a big thing is that I have such a vastly different takes on what, what attractive people look like than what a TV executive thinks attractive people look like. <laughs> um, I'm always, I'm constantly shocked by seeing a show where the premise is the sexiest people you've ever seen compete to blah, blah, blah. And then you see them and you're like, I don't understand how the, they got these false eyelashes on. It's 105 <laughs> degrees where they are. I don't understand how they're not falling off. I don't understand how long this man had to lift weights and do push-ups to look like this, but I'm not sure I'm into it. Although aesthetically, I guess these angles that they've been created on his body are nice, but Too Hot to Handle is one of the wildest shows I've ever seen in that nothing happens at all the entire time. And yet I was completely fascinated. I felt the same way. I kept looking at the people and I know what that TV was telling me. These people are attractive. And I was like, why, why am I not attracted to any of them? And also what kind of, what kind of dysfunction does it take for someone to be told, Hey, you can't have sex for four weeks. And they're having like meltdowns, the size of a meltdown I would have if someone was like, Hey, your whole family died. (laughs) I mean, I they're cre- the the premise of the show, listeners. If you haven't seen it, is that we got a bunch of sexy singles together on an island, which looks like one fifteenth of a resort. It's like it's it's like a couple of bungalows and like a little beach property. There's some water that no one ever seems to go into except for once. They all sleep in the same room. Area. Yeah. It, it is the most budget show I've ever seen. You really see the money. If you've ever seen an episode of The Bachelor, they're going on these yeah. dates. There's travel. They're meeting the, the parents. There's this helicopters. show looks like it was made. Oh, yeah. This show looks like it was made for, I don't know, the budget of, of a season of uh, some competition. The, the uh, Two episodes of Survivor from the first season. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Yeah, it's it's a low budge. It's a low budge thing, and it is, frankly, uh, one of the cringiest TV shows that I can't stop watching. I, it it was shocking to me, my ability to keep watching it despite I did not feel like I was being entertained, but I felt like something was happening. There was some kind of response happening in my brain, yeah. and it um, I just it's such a wild, and and obviously. It's not that hard to not have sex for a couple of weeks, especially if there's money on the line. But the whole time I was like, the grand prize is $100,000. And if nobody has sex, they all split it. But there's like 12 people here. And so the whole time when the money is being deducted, where it's like, oh, these people kissed. So you have to deduct $3,000. I was like, they're going to be walking away with like $6,100 each before yep. taxes. Yep. It makes yeah, it's, no sense. It's, it's not enough money. <laughs> 
it is not enough money. I don't. This show um, is bizarre. I I I just cannot get over the aesthetic of like we sent a PA over to CB2 or Restoration Hardware or or, or IKEA honestly, and was like build something that looks like a tropical paradise uh, outside patio furniture. There's there's I think two there's no real challenges the entire time. Nope. It um it absolutely. I mean, it's astonishing. I haven't, I didn't watch uh, Love is Blind or Love Island or The Circle or anything. And this is the first one where I was like, I think I can, uh, I think I can get down with this. And I'm shocked that I lasted as long as I did. I watched it and I, my jaw hit the floor. 100%. Same. I'm with you. Would you recommend this to our audience? Um, only, <laughs> <laughs> only in a pinch, only if you're like desperate for, only if you need a numb out, like if you ran out of weed and alcohol at- <laughs> <laughs> and you really, and okay. you really well, need a numb say- out. <laughs> okay. Let's say you're at the end of your rope. Maybe there's something happening. Like there's a global pandemic going on. You yeah. can't really leave your house. Um, you haven't made, you've already made your like sanctioned um, uh, once, once a week grocery run or once every two weeks grocery run. And um and there's nothing on TV and you're out of booze and yeah, no more weed. I would say throw that on, yeah. try to lull yourself to sleep. And then if that doesn't work, just watch an actual good movie. <laughs> That's great advice. I love that. So this is our this is our streaming recommendation with an asterisk, meaning if you mm-hmm. have any other thing you could possibly do, do, do that. that. Yeah, do that. If you have a mom to call, call a mom. Do anything else. Um, if you want to see some actual attractive people, I just watched uh, a very crazy movie, 1980s American Gigolo, starring Richard Gere and mm-hmm. Lauren Hutton. Mm-hmm. And it's Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver and directed Blue Collar and uh, First Reformed and a bunch of other great movies. I'd never seen American Gigolo before. It's a pretty uneven, weird movie. But my goodness, if you ever want to see two people who were at the absolute prime of their physical existence, Richard Gere and Lauren Hutton are two of the most attractive people I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I haven't seen this, but I will do the research to um, confirm or deny. At least te- take yourself on a little Google image search uh, journey of, of what these people look like when they made this movie. Okay. I will do in, that. In fact, in fact, you know what, just, just right before we wrap up, I'm just going to show you, I'm going to text you just like we showed you. Yeah. Do you uh, mind? Chris Fairbanks's hands. Uh, let's see, Richard gear american gigolo oops i accidentally searched for richard gear amazon prime <laughs> i can't read <laughs> this, um, this is how you learn i cannot yeah, read that's how you learn that uh, we actually don't know words um i will say also that um katie referenced earth day a lot and so if you're listening to this earth day was probably exactly a week ago um doesn't mean you can't re-celebrate go ahead celebrate again redo it oh yeah oh yeah um that's okay. a good call i'm waiting okay, here okay i I'm, I'm trying to get the best images but let me just here i got i'm gonna get a, a real steamy one and just like a real here we go uh coming your way now there's our boy richie and here's richard gear and lauren hutton together oh my god i'm finally attracted <laughs> to a man <laughs> All I it, mean, this is wow, the thing. If Richard, if, if Richard Gere, if 1980 Richard Gere was in, I was on Too Hot to Handle the show, 
I, I count I think me in. I would totally, I would understand the temptation of I'm going to risk all this money. Me too. To maybe have a chance with Richard Gere because yeah. I just can't understand. What a beautiful like, physique. Wow. I'm not normally in. Wow. I, yeah, I would hard. <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd lose all my money for that man. Yes. Ugh, I'm so glad. Okay. Well, um, Yes, please feel free to quote unquote celebrate Earth Day any way you want on any day uh, because we're obviously killing the planet and that uh-huh. doesn't feel good. But um, yeah, watch uh, American Gigolo if you want a weird time. Uh, check out Too Hot to Handle if you want to hate Weirder yourself but time. also be compelled for eight hours. <laughs> yeah. And um, email us, iburneverythingpod at gmail.com. Call us, 213-458-5236. Rate, review, and subscribe on all the places. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Go outside when you're allowed to with your mask on and shout the name of our show from the top of a mountain that's not closed for business. Um, Keep listening to us and we'll keep making a show for you. Hang in there. Let us know how your core is going because our core is going as good as I guess possible in a time like this. Um, Steve, kiss your dogs for me. I will, Dave. They miss you, especially holiday. Oh my God. I can't believe I, I've just ducked out of my girlfriend for two months. She must think I'm 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 a low life. Well, she's pretty angry. Expect <laughs> <laughs> Expect retaliation when you come back around. <laughs> yeah, she's I'm sure she's gonna bite my shoes and I'm gonna I'm gonna be ready for it. We'll we'll get a video so people can see it. All right, I miss you, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Miss you too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And I'm Mark David Christensen, and together we host Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero brought forth by writer-artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each week, we discuss everything Hellboy. Plus his expanded universe with the BPRD, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, and many more. That's Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.